0: Welcome to another episode of the SaaS podcast. I'm your host, Omer Khan, and this is the show where I interview proven founders and industry experts who share their stories, strategies, and insights to help you build, launch, and grow your SaaS business. Today's interview is with Trevor Owens. Trevor is an author and entrepreneur. He's the co-founder and CEO of javelin.com, the makers of Quick MVP and Lean Startup Machine. Quick MVP is a service that lets you quickly and easily test business ideas, and the Lean Startup Machine is a workshop that teaches you how to build something customers want and run the right, right experiments to steer your business in the right direction. Trevor is also the author of the book The Lean Enterprise, which details how corporations can apply more innovation and lean startup to launching new products. Trevor, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Omer. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, I gave the audience a brief overview of your product and business, but tell us a little bit more about you personally. Who is Trevor when he's not working?
1: Yeah, so uh, there's not a lot of time spent not working for me. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those <laughs> one of those type of guys who, uh, you know, my life is my work and um i love to work um it kind of runs in in my dna my my father was a, a workaholic and growing up when uh whenever uh we had spare time we would spend time together by uh you know painting the house or something like that so um <laughs> you know i i love working um in, outside of work um i spend a lot of time uh mentoring entrepreneurs and advising entrepreneurs um i um you know, haven't, haven't been the best at, uh, you know, keeping in shape. But I recently uh, relocated to the uh, San Francisco area. So I'm looking forward to doing some of the nice outdoor activities that they have here.
0: Sweet. Now, we like to kick things off with a success quote to better understand what drives and motivates our guests. What is one of your favorite quotes?
1: Yeah. So one of my um, recent favorite quotes is a quote by Warren Buffett, where he said, I don't look to jump over seven foot bars. I look around for one foot bars that I can step over. And, um, you know, as I've uh, grown as an entrepreneur and I've met uh, other successful entrepreneurs, I find that, you know, we're usually, um, usually entrepreneurs. We have this like grand vision for accomplishing something really big in the world. Um, but the best entrepreneurs are the people that can have a big vision and then put together the extremely pragmatic steps to accomplishing it. So you have to kind of have, uh, almost these contrasting skill sets of being able to think big and think extremely small, and for someone like Warren Buffett, who is you know is the richest person alive, he's you know a very kind of disciplined person that I think all of us can learn a lot of habits from um for him, it was very important to look for opportunities that he knew were going to be a guaranteed win as opposed to taking on a bigger opportunity that maybe had bigger risk. So, and when I look at a lot of, you know, entrepreneurs that I admire who, um, have been successful and, you know, the tough thing about, about looking at other entrepreneurs is that there's a lot of people that look successful that maybe aren't really successful. Um, the people that I've met that, you know, truly are successful, um, have this really pragmatic approach to like, they have a formula. And they execute on that formula, and and it's a it's a one foot bar that they're going to step over. It's not a a seven foot bar they have to jump over.
0: I, I really like that quote. I haven't heard that one before. And I think you're right. I think you know it's great to have a, a big vision, but unless you have these these pragmatic steps, as you said, to to move you along, uh, you, you you often end up in danger of biting off a lot more than you can chew, right? Which 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 leads to a whole bunch of other issues. Yeah. Now let's give the listeners a better understanding of Javelin, um, and, and the, the products quick MVP and lean startup, uh, machine. Who, who are your target customers and what are the top pain points that you're trying to solve for them?
1: Yeah. So, um, the lean startup machine, uh, started out of, uh, my own pain in terms of, uh, developing as an entrepreneur. I had, uh, at the time, this was 2010. This is you know five years ago. Um, the New York Tech scene, uh, which is where I moved from, was just picking up, and um, I had uh, done a lot of entrepreneurial things uh, in business school and participated in business plan competitions. And I just felt that the uh, the education uh, that was out there was kind of outdated, and that you had to learn more by doing. So I originally organized a couple of hackathons. Uh, in near the New York City area, and I actually organized one of the biggest ones um, at the time. And I found that at the end of the hackathon, like I exp- like my goal was to to help people uh, form teams, to find real like co founder relationships, to build products that could become businesses. And uh, definitely the networking happened at the hackathons, but the products that people came up with uh, they would never be businesses um, because they were all these kind of half baked ideas. And um, I thought, well, you know, at the time I had uh, I had been reading a lot about customer development and lean startup and design thinking and all the different schools of thought about you know starting a business and how the biggest risk is really just if your customers want it or not. I Decided to organize the first lean startup machine, which is you know a three day workshop on the weekend where instead of uh, forming teams and spending the whole time inside coding. You actually go out of the building and talk to customers and figure out if they want what you have if you figure out if they want what you're going to build, if they don't, then pivot and test something new um, and I thought it would be a much better way to do it, but it ended up being uh, you know an order of magnitude better way to do it because uh, my experience had been that um, in business school, all of my colleagues would spend uh, a year developing this one idea and never really talking to customers but getting all this research data that said it was such a great idea because they wanted to sell it to the the judges of the competition so their idea wouldn't change for a whole year but in the LSM process people's idea uh, everybody's idea changed and some people changed their idea several times and the ideas they ended with were much better than the ideas they started with and they all had customers signed up they all had people that wanted their products so just seeing that happen in 3 days Versus a year-long business competition, where you know, in three days you could be several times ahead, it just really blew my mind. Um, and that was kind of the start of LSM. Um, from there, um, you know, my goal was not necessarily to start a consulting or training company. Um, I actually didn't see LSM as a business initially. it was just kind of a hobby for me. Um, and then it ended up getting so much traction, I decided to do it full time. My goal was really to build a software company. So we started building different products based off of um, the methodologies that we've created in the workshop and some of the tools that we had helped people with. Um, and we uh, we initially created a project management tool uh, and sold it to Enterprise. And that didn't go so well. We actually uh, pivoted away from that. And then I always thought there were kind of two directions that that we could go in terms of uh, the value that that Lean Startup provided. Um, one was kind of the execution level, which is what you see in Quick MVP, and the other was the project management side. So we pivoted away from the project management side and started focusing on uh, more execution-oriented tools. And what Quick MVP is is basically the the the, the easiest way to do a uh, Lean Startup technique for your business. So. It combines a landing page builder with a Google ad creator. And for anyone that's heard about Lean Startup, usually the first like aha moment you have with with Lean is that, is this idea of putting up a landing page before you have a product and seeing if anybody clicks the buy button. And if nobody clicks the buy button, then it's probably because nobody, you know, needs or wants uh, the product. So, um, it's, what we're really trying to do is like, make it as simple as possible, as easy as possible for people to, to do, uh, one of the techniques of lean and save time, um, by figuring out really fast whether or not they somebody wants, uh, their product or not before they invest their time and money in it.
0: Okay. So let's go back to the early days of, uh, before you started the first, uh, lean startup machine event, um, you know i i'm I'm kind of curious about how you put this together and what you were actually you know how how did you come up with the content for this three day training were you basically pulling the uh the the content from eric reese's book or um you know i just what was the process you went through
1: yeah so this was um a year and a half before his book came out um And the very first one, there almost was no content, actually. Um, And it's it's evolved over time. You know, like, the very first event looks nothing like what it looks like today. The first event, it was, like, just the idea of, like, what if we got 50 people in a room to form teams, and the winner was not how cool the demo was and how, how awesome the market opportunity sounded, but the winner was who got the most customers to sign up over the last few days. And so we just put everybody in a room with that idea and told them the goals. And I um, got some local entrepreneurs who were into the lean movement. Um, you know, I had, um, I had uh, gone on a trip uh, the summer before called Geeks on a Plane with Dave McClure. And um, for anyone listening who doesn't know Dave, he's like a super connector, uh, awesome uh, angel investor, VC, founder of 500 Startups. Uh, he's also now an investor uh, uh, in Javelin. And, um, you know, I th- I saw like what Eric was writing about and I thought like it was really like a great explanation of it. And so Dave connected uh, Eric and I. And, you know, through Eric, I met, uh, he introduced me to some other people who ended up coming uh, just to talk. So it started off being very informal. Like we just got some of the lean thinkers in the room and had them give talks and people ask questions and had this goal of, in the next three days, uh, get as many customers to sign up as you can.
0: Got it. Got it. Okay. So you had Eric actually turn up to that first event.
1: He Skyped it. In. So interesting. Yeah. So that the first one was in New York and we did the second one in Chicago and the third one in SF. And that was the first time I actually met Eric in person was in San Francisco.
0: Okay. So you, you did the first event, um, and it was kind of pretty loosely sort of formed, you know, it, 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 as, as you sort of explain. Um, what, um, what sort of drove you to keep um, building this and turning this into kind of a more of a formal training program for for entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, for, for me, it was just like I really enjoyed it. Um, I was learning a lot myself. And so I, I hosted an event. Um, we started in 2010. I hosted one more in 2010, and then we hosted maybe five in 2011. And um, I just kept, you know, just tweaking it and just trying to make it a little bit better. And um, had different people pitch in and volunteer and help. And I really think that we kind of hit product market fit about um, in April of 2011. Like, it could really, you could really, you could feel like every event getting better. Actually, like I could feel people were more excited. You know, learned different things at every event and then at the end of 2011 um, you know i um i was you know, i was traveling with it too so it was fun you know um i just decided you know like hey like i got to kind of figure out what i want to do i got to pick one thing and um you know i measured i actually measured product market fit for lean start machine so i sent out the the survey question how disappointed would you be if you could not have attended uh, lsm and we had a really high score, you know the usually um you know Sean Ellis is the guy who created this metric um, or this methodology, and he said you need to have forty percent of people saying they'd be very disappointed uh, if they could not use your product or did not have the experience and we had seventy percent of people from that fall london workshop wow and and so I was just like, you know, I thought it would be like forty two maybe thirty eight you know around there, and I saw seventy percent I was like, wow, like I'm really uh, sleeping on a good opportunity here so um. At that point, I decided to really go full time. Beginning of 2012, uh, it was definitely uh, um, a powerful moment because I had to email my entire network uh, with this goal of doing 50 workshops that year, and I knew I could do it. But I just remember, like, you know, feeling afraid, like not very consciously afraid, but I remember the exact moment because I was, uh, I think it was like I was in bed at like midnight, like writing this email to everybody. Being like, I need help, volunteers, employees, et cetera. I'm hiring. Uh my goal is to do 50 workshops for LSM around the world. And I can just remember about to hit send, and I was like, you know, should I really hit send? <laughs> you know, like, like what's gonna happen if I hit send? So um and, and in that moment, this has happened to me several times, actually, where you recognize this unconscious fear that you have. And for me, whenever I do that, it just like. You you know it's you know it's uh you know that you have this moment because there's no logic behind the fear like there was no like real good reason why anything bad was going to happen if I had send on that email but yet I still had some fear behind it so you know in that moment that when you take the next step you're really uh, pushing yourself to the next level in terms of who you are and I think you know as an entrepreneur uh. You, your company is a reflection of yourself. It's a reflection of, uh, your abilities and it's a reflection of, uh, your maturity as an entrepreneur. So really developing yourself and getting over your fears are key to making your business a success.
0: And so how many, uh, LSM events are you currently doing at the moment?
1: Yeah, so we're, um, we've been doing about a hundred a year, um, This year, we're actually trying to do less because um, the number of workshops you do is a vanity metric, really, um, um, by itself. And we're trying to do a little bit less this year and do higher quality events and really um, build a stronger community. And we have some kind of big announcements coming up in the next few months about how we're going to take our offerings to the next level in terms of um, providing more value to entrepreneurs and to our customers.
0: Okay. So let's, let's, uh, talk about quick MVP. Was, was the idea of that really driven from what you were seeing at the LSM events and, and being able to provide these entrepreneurs with a better set of tools to go out and validate these ideas? Is that how the idea sort of came about for you?
1: Yeah, it did. And, um, for me, um, you know, we raised VC, uh, we went through TechStars uh, accelerator in New York and, um, the the opportunity kind of in the tools space is most people believe is like purely in the enterprise market because startups are, you know, there's a lot of them but they don't really have a high purchasing power and enterprises really need uh to catch up in terms of being more innovative and being more agile um so that's how I came up. You know, I was always thinking, kind of like, with that end in mind, about like, what tool can we provide to the enterprise? And the two, um, the two things that we do at the workshop um, is that we have a framework called the Javelin Board, which is basically the scientific method applied to startups. And uh, this we developed uh, ourselves after uh, basically just seeing what the most successful LSM teams did and kind of reverse engineering their thinking and their process. Um and so that was kind of like the original project management tool that we tried. You know, we made a lot of mistakes in, how, in terms of how we brought that to market and the execution of it. Um that as a you know, really this is kind of like my my first rodeo here. You know, I didn't I wasn't able to foresee. So we ended up pivoting to uh, quick MVP and um every every team at the LSM event launches a landing page. It's kind of like it's it's not like you have to do it. I mean, there's other ways to get signups and get people to get the validation for your solution, but it's one of the most concrete, easy ways uh, to do it. So, um, you know, just seeing that, like at our workshops, everybody launches a landing page, uh, gave me the idea to just start to test this. So, for QuickMP, we ran a lot of tests and tested a lot of assumptions before uh, getting to the point where we are today.
0: Okay, so why did you decide to go and get funding to launch quick MVP?
1: Yeah. Um I got funding because um I felt I feel like at the time and um you know that we wanted to be really positioned to take advantage of the market opportunity. Um, so for us um and also running a um running a workshop business is very intense. It's very operationally intense. And so it can be very draining on the management. And so by raising funding, it allowed positioned us to um get a little bit more breathing room, to step back and really focus more on software and also gave us kind of um you know a uh, a ticket into the race I guess of of really capitalizing on the the growing need for for better tools for uh you know innovation and new businesses.
0: Now, you know, a lot of times when I talk to entrepreneurs and, and we sort of, uh, get onto the subject of, you know, you launch a product and then how do you go about, um, you know, getting that product in front of your customers? I guess it was very different for you, right? Because you, you already had this platform of these potential customers who were attending all these workshops around the country that you could, you could reach very easily. Um, so how how sort of did that go down, and and uh, what was the initial reaction when you launched the product?
1: Yeah, so when we when we launched our first product, I mean, we got some really big uh, companies to sign up, some big enterprises like GE and American Express, and um, you know, I thought that the hardest part of getting enterprises was the the sales part, but it turned out that the hardest part was after you sell them, uh, actually getting them you know onboarded and using the tools and. I think, um, for us, like when you have a product that doesn't have product market fit yet, it's a real risk to go direct to enterprise, um, because they're not always the early adopters in the ecosystem. Um, they maybe have an individual who's an early adopter, but then who could be your champion, but then the other employees who use the tool, and sometimes the person who buys your product in enterprise, uh, isn't the person who's going to use it, right? So, uh, the other people are less likely to be early adopters where, the direct-to-consumer model uh, that we're doing with Quick MVP, even though our goal is to eventually be an enterprise, allows us to get really great feedback and to iterate and to get, um, you know, to improve the product and get it ready for more of an enterprise rollout. Um, so we've we've definitely always had, I guess, we do have a huge advantage in terms of already having that customer base. Um, but you know, when we started LSM, I think the key in getting LSM to grow was twofold one was that we were uh sort of riding on the back of a movement like lean startup and um you know participating in that movement and the other thing was just having a great product because the word of mouth that we would get for lsm uh was really huge and we would have things where you know people who would attend to event in new york were the people were, were people from all around the world they weren't for people from new york and those would we'd have some say, from Chicago who would come, and they'd be like, you know, I really want to bring this event to Chicago. Um, so kind of word of mouth was really what helped LSM grow uh, and being a part of a bigger movement. And then, um, you know, with, with our other products, the challenge has never been getting the customers. It's always been taking the right steps in the right order uh, and running the right tests um, to make sure that we're going to be successful with our plan.
0: So looking back at the early days, what do you think was one of the biggest mistakes that you made? Yeah.
1: I think that, um, you know, when I look at, like, some of my peers um, who have had, um, you know, some, like, really runaway success in terms of their their new businesses, I feel like keeping your momentum going as an entrepreneur is really key. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, the steps that we've eventually taken have been, have been great. And if I could go back and redo it, I would just do things in a little bit of a different order. Because I feel like we've, as, uh, as LSM, as Javelin, we've kind of taken this zigzag approach. You know, if you've ever seen that, like, there's like this infographic that says um, what people think success looks like and then what success really looks like. And people think it's right. like a straight line <laughs> and what it really looks like is like going in circles and then you kind of get out of it you know the 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 latter has definitely in some sense described us at times, and you know uh and it's hard it's hard to say that you could that you could do anything differently, but the biggest mistake i think i've uh the biggest mistake I think I've made is like kind of like losing momentum you know several times in the process and almost feeling like you had take t- like you took two steps back just to take one step forward um
0: can actually can you give me an example of that? I mean, is, is, you sort of, when you're looking back, is there something that you specifically, that you look back and you say, that's, that's one example of something I wish we had done differently?
1: Yeah. So very early in the growing of, in the growing of LSM, um, we, there's, so there's a, there's a couple of things I'll share. And I think, I think most of it comes down to really like managing, uh, your runway, I think, because you know, there's been times where we've had to like hire too fast or something like that, and to peel back a little bit. Like very early in LSM, one of the great things about a, an events business is that you have uh, positive working capital. So what I what this means is that uh, when you uh, launch an event, you start getting in revenue immediately, and you don't deliver the service until the date of the event. So one of the things that we did to grow really fast was that uh, we scaled ahead of our events. So you know we would um, um, get revenue in, and then with that revenue, would hire the person to organize the next event. For example, you know, so quickly you can multiply the number of events you're doing. And I think very early on, you know, I just went all out doing that and went probably way too fast. And we got to a point where, um, you know, we we started to get uh we had to cancel some events because we didn't really factor that in as much as we should have and then i ended up in a situation where i was like late paying a lot of the people that were running the events and it was just like you know these are people that um you know mean a lot to me and you know when you run a company all your employees mean so much to you right and like these are the people that are really uh almost like your children in some sense right like the employees of your company um you you feel like um, they 're a part of your family as an entrepreneur. you take your business really really personally and you know I, I feel like I really let a lot of people down at that moment you know and that was a, 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 that was a really defining moment for me in that in that sense of scaling too quickly and um, even after you know uh, we we raised money um, we we started working with a couple different development shops to do some software stuff for us, and I feel like that was maybe jumping the gun a bit and going a little bit uh, ahead of our ahead of our boundaries, so you know I'm a big believer in moving quickly, but um, you, you know if you can if you go end up going too fast, you can really uh, lose a lot of your momentum you know and it can it can set you back
0: now when I was doing you know research for this interview, one of the things there was this theme that sort of kept um, sort of coming up. Uh, about you and and the fact that, um, you know, a lot of people saw you as this, you know, this incredible hustler. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you're, you're incredibly connected. And you mentioned, you know, Dave McClure and, and, you know, Eric Reese and, and, you know, earlier we talked about uh, the story that I'd heard about you getting Seth Godin to turn up for an event that you were doing. What, advice would you give to somebody about what are some of the lessons that you've learned about, you know, just the way that you get things done and the way that you connect with people?
1: Yeah. So I've, I've definitely, um, I, I think I've done a lot, a lot of people did, you know, kind of know me in New York, uh, just because I, I, part of it is just organizing events really, you know, like, um, and it's, uh, it's ironic because um, everything really started for me when I started organizing events. And I really only purely organized events because I was doing my business school because, and this was you know, how I got Seth Godin, was that I was looking for uh, a technical co-founder. And I thought you know I, it was really hard to find a technical co-founder. It's probably still really hard today You know if you're just starting. I was like, I have to differentiate myself from my peers a little bit and so, you know, I was reading Seth Godin and reading, um, following other people in the tech scene, and I would just shoot them a cold email. I would just say, "Hey, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of yours, and I would would love to have you come speak at uh, NYU's Business School." And I was able to leverage uh, the reputation of NYU, and um, by organizing events, I met a lot of great people. And uh, as I mentioned to you kind of before, the, the audio, you know, I'm I'm really uh, an introverted uh, person, so. Which which everyone, everyone hears that they're always like so shocked. They're like, no way. How could you be, <laughs> how could you be an introvert? Like you're, you ha- you're so, you know, you have like social skills, you know? And I'm like, you yeah, know, that's, that's not what being an introvert is. But, um, so, um, for me, uh, the, th- the thing about organizing event is that you are providing value to a lot of people. And I think when it comes down to establishing yourself and networking, for me it comes down to two things. The first one is adding value. Um and the second one is standing out. So the more that you can um stand out and be different from other people that that the people you're trying to meet interact with, you're going to create a like lasting memory. And this is like kind of like branding 101. Like everybody um anybody knows anything about branding is that you have to figure out like what is your who are you as a product really if you're, if you're doing your personal branding, right? Like, um, you know, like lean startup, for example, is like a very good branding behind an idea. Um, and so for me, events was like a repeatable way to add value to influential people. And, um, almost everyone who's highly networked, I see that they have kind of like these repeatable ways to add value to people because, uh, you're really trying to scale your relationships. And, um, I'm also a big believer in karma. And I think that, um, my personal philosophy is really to, to, to give, um, really just to give as much as possible and like, just let it come back to you whatever way it's going to. Um, so, and a lot of people like that I've also seen on your show, like, uh, I saw like Heaton Shaw. Yeah. Yeah. So Heaton as well is like, you know, he's one of the most connected people in the Valley and, He's also, he's an adv- he, he's an advisor of uh, Javelin, and just one of my favorite people because he's just so selfless. Like among all the people that I know, he's someone that just like, you know, will, if you're a new entrepreneur in, in Silicon Valley and you just drop him an email and he's never heard of you before and you say, hey, I'm new and I really want to meet some people and, you know, I saw you on Twitter and I really like your company. He would meet with you and get coffee and like, you know, you know, try to help you out and offer you whatever advice. He's just that, that type of person. And, um, his, his motto is even, um, a quote by Zig Ziglar, which is the way to get, uh, or something like, uh, by helping everyone else get what they want in life is the route to getting what you want. So I'm a big believer in just giving as selflessly as possible. And for me, events was an easy way to do that. And I never wanted to be, to start an event company, but it it ended up, uh, you know, leading me to LSM. So.
0: Yeah. I was a little surprised as well well, when you said that, you know, you were an introvert, although having said that, you know, so am I, but, and I think I, I came across something a while back which said, you know, you can tell if you're an introvert, if, you know, it doesn't mean you don't have social skills. It just means, I think that a lot of the times, you find you need to be by yourself to kind of recharge and get that energy back, right? Whereas uh, extroverts need to be around people to sort of get that charge of energy. Um, I don't know if I explained that well, but (laughs) anyway, that's the way I think about it.